0: Views and opinions expressed by the host do not necessarily state or reflect those of the company and its management. Furthermore, the views and opinions of the guests do not reflect those of the hosts, the show, the management, and the
1: network. Boy, boy, brother. Hey folks, how you doing out there? Welcome back to another episode of the Boom the cast with your friends, me and Alexander Hock. And today we have a great episode with us. We have the great Joe Castro, special effects artist, director, extraordinaire. He'll be joining us in two seconds. Here he is. We're bringing him on in.
2: Hey everybody. Joe, how How you doing? I'm doing okay today. How's everybody like. doing today?
1: You're doing fantastic. How you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm doing okay. I don't know if you noticed, but I started a group on Facebook. I did. I was going to see if you want to talk about that a little bit. It's kind of like, you know, it's a very prevalent right now in my life, and it is kind of, it's only been around for two weeks. It was uh, two, two weeks and one day it's been around. It has uh, 3,300 members That's already, uh, all independent filmmakers. Yep. and uh, no fake profiles. There's no fake profiles in the group. Uh, and uh, that's 3,300 uh, filmmakers all across the world are in this group. And uh, on any one given day, the, there are anywhere from about 700 to 1,000 comments, posts, and clicks in the group. Uh, and uh, in fact, I think like within the first five days, uh, Facebook sent us some message about our, our group trending. And uh, about a week into it, we decided to limit, like really limit who comes into the group. We started, I have to really vet everybody. And For anybody that is listening, the group is called Worldwide Film Distributors to Stay Away From and Why. It's a factual based group where uh, members talk about their personal experiences with home video uh, and uh, retail distribution with distributors. And I don't allow, we don't allow um, hypothetical or uh, hearsay, secondhand information in the group. You can't uh, post a comment like, well, my friend said that they had a great experience. My friend said, so-and-so, you know, said that they had a great experience. Like today, someone came into the group and said... Well, I'm very happy with this company. I'm only six months in on my distribution deal, and we haven't made money back yet. But I'm hopeful they're going to do the right thing. That's not yeah. helpful. Yeah. I, so I told this person, I said, "Come back in two years when they're feeding you the same bullshit they're feeding you right now, and tell yeah. me what you feel. Come back when you have some real world experience of how that company screwed you over." Yeah. And um, she, the person, got offended. Got like offended. Why don't have a, Why don't have a right? To 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 post this because it's hypothetical, it's hearsay, it's not real world experience. We don't want that in the group. We don't want someone coming into the group and saying, you know, well, I, well, 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 I've heard good things. Well, show me, show me the, the show me the statements that show that they're good. Show me, show me emails that say this company, this this uh, filmmaker, returned to profit and they're happy. Show me the Better Business Bureau post. The person, Because there are plenty of better Business Bureau posts. Uh, In fact, people have already posted them in the group that show the complaints they've made against these companies that we are talking about in the group. And, um, you know, I mean, I started the group to save independent filmmakers from being robbed, ripped off, uh, lied to, misled, verbally misled. Um, And uh, I'm not trying to make any enemies, even though there are, you know, the distributors are literally sending people into the group uh, to post comments like, Hey, I like this company or, Hey, you know, I've heard good things. And, you know, it's like, well, what, what are they? Is, give me an example. What's yeah. the time? All you have to do is ask them, what's the title of your movie. And then they'll be like, and then no one has anything to say. Um, um, anyways, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of uh, information and, um, a lot of emotions are involved in the group and, um, you know, um, I, I just want everybody to know that I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not their enemy. You know, I'm trying to keep the group on focus. I have to keep sometimes I have to kick people out of the group because they disobey the rules. Right. The rules are very yeah. clear. The rules are very clear. The group, the group rules are: this is not a group to promote your favorite distributor. It's not. It's a group to put a warning label on distributors who have been known to practice shady business, mislead filmmakers. And uh, not do their job that's yeah. it that, That's what the group is about. There are other groups where you can go and promote your favorite distributor and talk about your amazing experiences, but that's not what this group is about. yeah the group is about you know, preventing filmmakers from being robbed, basically yeah.
1: It's an awareness group, you know what I mean yeah. It's not a promotion page. It's it's almost like a, a self help page in a way where you go there to kind of get some guidelines on it because you know getting your film distributed to the right person is like the, the, the biggest nightmare thing indie filmmaker deals with. You know what I
2: mean? And and and, and, and I and I hear the concerns of all the filmmakers in the groups. So I go through every comment, everything that's posted, and uh, people have to understand. You know, people say, "Why did you take down my comment, Joe? Why why are you doing this to me?" I'm like I'm not doing it to you I'm doing it for the group. I'm trying right. to keep everybody on track. It's not a personal attack on you. Your comment is not he- like if I had to explain to every grown child in the group why their comment is not appropriate, it would take my entire day.
1: Yeah.
2: Sometimes I just sometimes I have to make split second decisions and just pull down posts and you know it clearly says in the rules do not do not promote your favorite distributor. Do not do that. And sure enough, they do it. And um, and I, I've gotten to a point where I don't. I just don't comment back. I just don't comment back. I just take it down. You know, sometimes they'll reach out to me in a direct message and say, "Why did you do this? You're being mean. You're insulting me." Blah 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 blah. And some, it's like, you, you want to start a fight with me? I'll start a fight with you. And yeah, we'll get into an argument, but it's not helpful, right? It's not helping anybody. Us arguing on my on the wall is not going to help anybody. It's your opinion, and I stated it's your opinion. Please take your opinion someplace else. I like for people to post things like screen grabs of lawsuits that they find online or links to where people have sued these companies. Yeah. I like to – people have posted reviews from the Better Business Bureau about these companies. People have posted screen grabs of emails they've gotten from the distributor showing proof. These yeah. are the kind of things we want to see in the group. We don't want to hear how wonderful you think they are because they're your friend or because, and this is kind of like racy racist, but it is, has a lot to do with race too because the distributors are lesbians and they like other women. And so they're going to give the women money because that that stuff happens. That stuff happens, you know, because the distributors are these gay men who are snooty and they only like to treat other gay men the same way. And that happens. It's happened to us. Well, yeah, I mean, you know,
1: it's all, you know, that's always kind of been in there and groups of people that just kind of want to like help out their side, so to speak. You know absolutely. I mean? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. You know, and I, I put, made a comment recently or I made a post in the group recently. It's like the people who are friends of the distributors who get paid by the distributors, they don't want to see this group succeed because if the if right. group succeed and we all get money, then the friends of the distributors will not make any, you know, make as much money and they'll have to divide it up. And, and someone said, that's not true. That's not how money works. It's like, he starts an argument with me about it. It's like, no, that's exactly how it works. That means they'll have less money to pay you, the friend of the distributor. The, the yeah.
1: funny part is that they won't pay the filmmakers, but they'd probably pay for a little, like, group of people to go around trying to smear that page.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? absolutely. Uh, something else I recently found out, and maybe I'm just going to put this out there. See, this is kind of like a trivial question for both of you.
1: Okay.
2: There's a director who's directed four feature films. Yeah. And each of the feature films has a different producer. And none of the producers know each other. The, dis- the, 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 the director takes each of these films to the same distributor, all on a different year. One year he takes one, the next year he takes another, the next year he takes another. Everybody knows that a film makes the majority of its money within the first six months to a year. So the director finds out the producers of each of the films never makes a sense. Why does he continue taking the movie to the same distributor? Knowing they're not going to make any money. Because
1: he feels like it's an easy pickup for him. Because a lot of people... You see, we make films over here, and like we, we, don't, we usually self-distribute for these reasons, you know what I mean? And you'll, yeah. you'll catch heat every now and then because people go, oh, well, I want to be in Walmart. I want to be here and there. Yeah. So that's what people get like almost addicted to that. Old, even though they're not making money, they have like that clout, you know what I mean? That They're like, well, we're yeah. in the store. We're making no money, but we're in the store or whatever.
2: That's true. But I think that's um, what it is. Well, ultimately, yeah. the, 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 the dark truth to it is the director is being paid under the table to bring the oh. movie
1: to the studio. Mm. Damn. That's, I wasn't even thinking of that shady material. Exact,
2: exact, exactly. The director himself. And the director goes back to the producers. Oh, they didn't make any money. Oh, wow. Oh, they didn't make any money. I'll, I'll take my next movie to them, too. Oh, they didn't make any money. See? See?
1: You would that always sense... You always hear the producers would be doing that to the director or something. That's that's yeah. like shady inside biz. Yeah, that's terrible.
2: Yeah, uh, it happens. That's that's oh, yeah. what, that's what happens. Um, that's what's happening with a company called Vision Films right now. That's what they do. And um, I, um, I, 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 I highly warn and suggest that vision that people stay away from that company. It's my own personal and professional opinion. But uh, the the women that run that company are a whole new level of bad that I have never experienced in 40 years of working in the business. Hmm. There's always a new one. There's always a new, a new snake that comes out of the woodwork, you know? And and then, the, and then the, each snake knows that there's always a new sucker born every day. They have a new, a new way to, to, to play their game. They have a new way to fix their books or have a new way because uh when they did it to us, they kept saying, but look at the paper, look at the paper, look, look at, look at the court of statement, look at the statement. See, they don't want to talk about what they, you know, what they did isn't on paper.
1: Yeah.
2: What they did isn't on paper. That's why they keep saying, look at the paper look at the paper. And, um, now yeah, it's very easy to fudge books. I mean, that's just computer. You just type it in, blah, 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 blah whatever, you know? Yeah. That's easy stuff. That's easy stuff to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, if, if they're there, there's no such thing as a great contract. I believe if they're going to screw you over, they'll find another way to do it. Yeah. They'll just, they'll find another way to do it, you know? And, um, Uh, but, but like I said, uh, if you're a filmmaker and you want to come join our group, it is a very helpful group. Uh, a majority of the people that are in the group have reached out to me privately or personally or said, um, on the wall, we love this group. Thank you very much for sharing this information with us. And, um, uh, I'll, I'll end this portion of it or I'll end with what I have to say about it with this. I just made a post right now in the group or for, that's what took me six minutes to come into the group.
1: Yeah.
2: And it said, uh, that said, uh, the post says, beware, if you have never heard of the distribution company, there's a good possibility you've never heard of any of the movies they've distributed. Mm-hmm. If you decide to go with this distribution company, there's a good possibility that your movie will then become one of these movies no one's ever heard of. Yeah. And, um, and that, that's, that's the way it goes down, you know. And I never thought about that, but it's very true. Well, yeah,
1: people definitely check out the Facebook page. I recommend it. You, there's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff on there. People share a lot of very valuable info on there as well. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it's a weird thing. I you're trying to you're fighting fighting the good fight for sure. You got the, the, the distribution companies. You know they're going out you. And then they send their folks. But then you also have filmmakers that are hoping that if they if they have beef with you, that they're going to get in the good graces of the distribution company. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, you know, the, 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 I don't have any problem with distribution companies not liking me because they never liked me to begin with. They always, they're, they're always trying to to to, to screw someone. I mean, that's that's their mo. It's yeah. not that they're trying to hurt you; they're just trying to make the most money they can for themselves. Yeah. I'm not saying in the group don't work with these companies. I'm just letting everybody in the group know these companies will do this. Yeah, yeah. Be aware of it. It's up to you if you enjoy being screwed over. You know. And uh, under no circumstance ever should you hand a company your movie without some sort of fee up front unless you like the idea of your movie being taken from you and all of your distribution destroyed and never receiving a penny for it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm asking, I'm literally asking every filmmaker to stand, stand strong and never hand your movie to a distributor again without some sort of upfront money in advance. That means you do not hand them the master of your film. Until they deposit some money into your account, I'll give you a check that clears. Yes. You just don't do it. You just don't do it anymore. Yeah, you can self-distribute your own movie and make a bigger profit than than you would if you went with one of these companies and they just took your movie. And they'll, they'll you know, they'll, they'll tell you like at six months, oh, you're almost making a profit. Yeah. And then at what year, they'll be like, oh, we're getting to clear. And then at two years, they're like, yeah, no, it just didn't happen. Yeah. They've already made all the money that they can possibly make from it. About it takes about six months to a year for them to, to for a movie to run its course and making money. So if they're if they're telling you at two years, wait a, wait a little bit longer. They're just feeding you a bunch of BS. Yeah,
1: feeding
2: you a bunch of BS.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah we it, it, the, the, the 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 in the indie world, the self distribution thing and the in the going, the distribution route is always an interesting thing to see because you'll. You know that like you'll see movies getting picked up, and you're like, you know that they're, they're not making money, but they always claim to be a like. I love when I meet filmmakers; just act like they're buying houses and cars off of like distribution deals that they, the day before they were complaining that they haven't seen money on ever. You know? Oh yeah, that, no, I, I, my,
2: like I, my favorite thing is when the distributor is like literally posting pictures pictures from like the Cannes Film Festival and this yeah. and the other, and they're on a yacht and they're like, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, well. You know, and then you see in the statement that you literally paid for them to go eat caviar yeah. on somebody's yacht, you know, yeah. and <laughs> there's a famous
1: film story of that. It may be Kevin Smith or something like that, where they they got their movie brought the Sundance and they got they were at the parties and they were like, oh, this is great, man. I'm loving this. And then like when they found out they had to pay for everybody to be there, not just them, but like everybody on the production company. Yeah, they, they were like, God damn uh yeah it's tricky we've we've done we've had some things distributed um we had the biggest thing that we kind of were linked in that was we had to distrib- produced the film was on house across the street and had like a few name actors in it and i know that the money dried up on that eventually and like when we went to the, the distribution company they said that it was like a, a problem with bankroll like you had to go talk to payroll so like you have to jump through hoops and chase course, all these people yeah. down and of buy course. lawyers to like try and get money out of it it's terrible yeah.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. It's. It's. Uh. They. 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 They claim to be transparent, but they. Um. You know. Like something else I posted in the group is. Um, never have a conversation with a distributor over the phone mm-hmm. or in person about what they're going to do with your movie because they love to verbally mislead you, and uh, the contract and what they deliver never reflects what they will tell you in person or over the phone, um, and um, you know they'll promise you the world in person and get your hopes up and then on paper it doesn't reflect that or it's misle- they mislead you to believe that it does reflect what you talked about but they never ever ever uh, uh, intend to uphold the contract and even if the contract is good and it's all in your favor they, they, they already have another way around the agreement they already have some other way of doing it like some distributors will show on the books that they didn't make a profit but what they've done is they paid all the vendors above them Exorbitant amounts of money, so that way the vendors above them they can, they can then turn around and pay them down, so it doesn't reflect in their to audit or in their books.
1: Yeah,
2: and uh, people don't realize that that's exactly you know that's business. That's business. It's not personal. That's business. That's how they get away with doing it. And uh, if, uh, if if there isn't a, a a judgment against them saying they're doing something wrong, then they're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. That's how they live their life. They are a whole, uh, distributors are a whole other set of animals. They are not filmmakers. They are, you know, they're business professionals and they're in the business of making money for themselves. And, um, they, uh, they, they, they have one job. Their one job is to distribute the filmmaker's film and make money and make a profit for the filmmaker. And when they don't do that, they fail at doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. you know, and and filmmakers don't realize that that's exactly what's going on. They fail at doing their job. They should literally, you know, be be held accountable for that in some way. And why can't we hold them accountable for it? Because they are making money for everybody else above them. They're making money for all the video on demand platforms. They're making money for the people that press the DVDs. And you can see all this information in the group. they literally making, When they tell you that your movie did not make any money, they're saying the movie didn't make any money for you. Right. But it made money for everyone else. It made money for them. It made money for everybody that they conduct business with. It made money for the person who uh, made the movie poster, or the, the artwork on the box. It made money for the, the company that pressed the 15,000 DVDs. It made money for the people that delivered the DVDs. You know, to deliver those DVDs to Walmart cost something like three grand.
1: Yeah.
2: It, it, it makes money for many, many people. What they're really telling you is, I'm sorry, we did not make any money for you. That's what they're saying.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a harsh, harsh, sick reality. And the filmmaker has been abused and beaten down so much for so long. We believe that this is acceptable behavior, and it's not. It's just not. Back in uh, 2000, you could get $50,000 up front for a movie that was shot on video for like five. I I used to make movies for $5,000. They'd pay us $50,000 up front front for the movie. And then in like 2010, it went down to about $5,000. I think it was like 2012 or 2015. Between then, it went down to about $1,500. They were giving you about $1,500 up front. So slowly, they started taking away what they were giving you up front. They did slowly. Because if they did it all of a sudden, everybody would see what they were doing. Most people don't know this, but every year... All the distributors of the world get together in Las Vegas at a convention. All of them at a one hotel. They all stay together. I think it's called, is that NAB Steve? It's called NAB.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And all filmmakers should know this. All the distributors of the world get together every year in one hotel at a convention as Las Vegas is called at the NAB.
0: Yeah. And
2: they all get together and they all have lunches and meetings and they all decide how they're going to fuck over the filmmaker that year. And they all stand together and they do it together. <laughs> Don't give them any more money than $5,000. do not give them any more money than $1,500. do not give them any more money now. And they all stand their ground and they do it. And they all compare notes. And they all exchange information of how they can screw filmmakers over.
1: It makes sense because, like, you'd want you'd all want to be on the same page. So with one person was giving more money, right. everybody would want to go there, you know. That's I mean. right. That's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. And um, and that's what I'm trying to do with this group. Of course, there are filmmakers out there that they just don't want to believe that it's that corrupt. But it really is. It is, yeah. And I'm hoping that more people will hear this. And, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Absolutely. Uh, no People yeah. need this. I mean, we really need this. And um, it's going to be painful. If you want change to happen in this business, it's going to be painful for us in order for it to be painful for them. yeah, We're literally going to have to say, no, you can't have my movie for free. No, you can't have my movie for free. Your movie may not get into Walmart. You know, it may not get on iTunes. Or whatever. you mean, you can pay... How much money can they pay to get it on iTunes?
1: A lot of it's buy-in groups. Walmart, I
2: heard. It doesn't really cost that much money to get it on... Get it in iTunes. Like, $3,000 or something. You can do it yourself. You can raise the money to do it yourself. You you would feel so much better if you did it yourself and didn't have somebody rape you of your film. And um, you really would. To be lied to and uh, and to be... um, be taken advantage of in a way. I mean, I know for for a fact, uh, my last feature moved nine thousand units in Walmart alone. It's not very much, but what's nine times nine ninety nine? That's ninety thousand dollars. Yeah, that was that's a lot of money for some yeah. filmmakers. Yeah, for sure. But I didn't make I made this much money from it. Yeah, well, on paper it said that my movie sold nine thousand units. That's ninety thousand dollars just to Walmart alone but i didn't make any money I didn't make any money from it it does not feel good at all absolutely not It's feel an art good at form
1: all. you know for this, 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 the crazy part of it is the filmmaking process is the art form then the distributions the business and like that's why you see so many filmmakers just kind of give up and drop out cuz like they they fight so hard and at the end of the day like it's really financially it's for nothing it comes it goes back to that thing where you really just it's it's you need more than love of course but like you gotta love what you do you know what i mean you gotta love what you do and to go back to the distrib- distributor thing in filmmaking you'll see a lot of people that might not like it or might not love it but they, it's a cool thing to do so they want to do it so they get involved and i think the distributor deal is the same thing where it's like it goes back to that if you can't make the movie you know take the movie <laughs> you know what i mean yeah you know Then they they feel like then when they release it they feel like well that's my film I just released, you know what I mean?
2: And there are gonna be people that are gonna watch this podcast and say, Well this guy's stupid. He does he didn't know what he was doing, obviously. Yeah. That's not true. It's not true. We had a we had a great contract. We had everything all in place. The truth was these distributors literally snaked their way around and robbed us of it. I told you what they did. They paid their vendors above us exorbitant amounts of money so that way the vendors would then pay down and give them the money back. so it okay. appeared as though they didn't make a profit. I told you what they did already they, they had no intention of upholding a, even if they even if, even if they upheld the contract they, they they still they still had other ways to, to, to steal the money. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they do. And some people will watch this podcast and say, Oh, you know, his was a you know isolated experience. No, it's not. It's not. This is the same thing happens over and over and over again. And some people will say, Well, you need a you need an entertainment lawyer joke. No, it's not the truth either. It's not the truth either. It's just that these distributors have no intention of upholding what they say they're going to do. They have other creative ways to take advantage of you. And there's no way, you know, there's there's no way to foresee someone who's trying to rob you. I mean, you, you can't be watching them every second. No one can do that. No one can do that. It's impossible. If they had no intention of being honest, they will find a way to be dishonest because that's their job. That's their job for themselves is to be dishonest. They will be dishonest, you know. And, um, and some people will say, well, I got good, I got good money from one of these companies. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm glad that you had a wonderful experience and now you are the minority. You are the one individual who has something wonderful to say about this company and you have a gr- big voice and everybody's going to listen to you. Are you going to dismiss all the horrible things that, that this person did to everyone else? You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, does that mean if a rapist, you know, went to church every day and put money in the basket at church, uh, do did they do did they do they get to write off the, the 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 little girl that they raped at the end of the day? And they're okay? No, mm. no, no. And that's what people are saying now. You know, some people are saying, "Oh, you can't talk bad about that company. They paid me money." Well, what about all the other people that they raped? Right. What yeah. about them? What are you going to say to them? Oh, you 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 did it wrong. We did it right. No, no. We we are entrusting these companies to do the one job that we are hiring them to do we're hiring them to distribute our movie and make a profit for us. And if they don't come through and do that, then they are not doing their job correctly.
1: The filmmaker becomes paid a paid PR team at that point. You know, it's almost like they pay a few so they know they're going to go into the world and speak good things and, you know, defend them. It's interesting. It's interesting how, like if somebody would be able to get a good deal, it it, it must, they must be friendly with whoever at that company in order to get a decent deal.
2: well, I, I just, I just, I just, um, you know, I, I think I already said it at the beginning of the show, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I know for certain that, that these companies are, they pick and choose just like any club who yeah. they treat nice and who they don't. It's not a matter of uh, bookkeeping. It's uh, who's their friends, who they want to be friendly with, who they want to continue conducting business with, who's popular, who's famous, who they want to fuck. I mean, it's, it's, it's all these things. It's, 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 a predatory world we live in. Yeah. They act like predators. There's nothing like civil or legal about what they do. I mean, it's commonly known. It's a commonly known fact in the industry. Video distributors are snakes and vampires. Yeah. And why would we treat them any other way? Why do we have to start treating them nice? I mean, it's, it's not like what we're talking about is a, um, is a, a, a secret. It's been known since the beginning of time These people are snakes yeah. and now, now we're speaking up about it And they're like oh you can't say that Oh you're wrong But no no, no. it's commonly known information
1: Yeah You know The, the, the collaboration is kind of a necessity Between the filmmaker and distributors On yeah. both sides I think they both look at each other that way They, yeah, they might well, not both would regularly deal with each other But if they need to for that circumstance
2: Yeah one person has the Rolodex The other person has the talent yeah. and it's um once again it goes back to it's not who what you know it's who you know we know how to make movies they know the people that put them in the stores yeah you know it's not it's not uh what you know it's it's who you know and um you know it's uh it's uh it's uh what do you call it a uh uh symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. but unfortunately it's not pleasant for one of the uh the the the, the acting members you know it's not very pleasant for the filmmaker. So, uh, I'm asking everybody, um, you know, like I said, stand their ground and uh, not not give your movie away for free anymore. Ask for money up front. Uh, it may take us a year or two to get this accomplished. I mean, we put the squeeze on some of these distributors who can't uh, make a profit from these uh, from these micro-budget films that everybody's handing to them. Um, there they, will they, be trouble for them. They, they, they will definitely. Uh, be, be be trouble for them and they will have to find another way to make income um, and uh, uh, at some point they're either going to pay us to make movies or they're going to pay us for our movies yeah. that's what needs to happen
1: yeah.
2: how do how do we get there how do we start the conversation how do we get there how do we reach everybody at once so everybody's on the same page Yeah, I want everybody to be paid my job is not to like start arguments and fights with people in in these groups. I literally want everyone to get paid, mm-hmm. and I want everyone to be paid fair. How do we begin the conversation? Where do we meet this group that I have is that's what the group is about? If you want to come in there and start an argument with everybody or start posting stuff on the wall that's contradicting or contrary to what we 're trying to accomplish, you've got to get booted out yeah we 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 have to stay stay on on target. We have to stay. Uh, with the message in order for it to work, and I know people are probably coming into the group just to start trouble, to make it look like the group is bad. Trying to get like the group booted, you know. I, I know for a fact that, that the distributors are already trying to come into the group to try to get the group pulled down. Um, I've had two lawyer, entertainment lawyers, come into the group already. Try, try to come into the group already. They straight up in their in their um, in their. Uh, uh, the, you know, we asked the group questions to come into the group. Two lawyers straight up, you know, answered the question. I want to come into the group and see who's doing what. And, uh, I want to, see, I want to hear both sides. I want to, I want to see what's going on so I can take the group down if necessary. And then we <laughs> had two, then we had two police officers try to come into the group. You know, I guess maybe, I don't know, can police do that? Can police like go into a group and say, there's unlawful so. things going on in this group. <laughs> you need to be taking it down. You know, blah, blah, blah. blah. You Internet know. police. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that, I'm sure there is stuff like that. Of course. You know, yeah, they, they want to take the group down. And then there are, of course, the friends of the distributors that are coming into the group. And what they like to do is they like to disobey the group rules. That's the first thing. They like to push all my buttons or push the buttons of other, other people in the group so they can start an argument. And then they can report the group for having an argument with them you know these the kind these these are the these it's the ca- tools these it's, are the tools and techniques of the it's of chaos the it's, it's like yeah.
1: society it's chaos It's society it's like if you got if you got like an organization developing you you bring chaos into it so when they're all worrying and dealing with chaos they're not dealing with the big picture they started focusing on you know what i that's mean that's right
2: yep that's right so that's what's going down the group's only been around for 2 weeks it's made <laughs> it's it's obviously doing something amazing because It stirred up so much of a hornet's nest. I I really love it. I I love the group. I care about everybody in the group. There is a point where, I mean, I've had at least about six arguments already with people. Um, and I care about them. I care about them as filmmakers. But if you want to, if you want to do things that are trying to, they're trying to stop what we're doing, um, I cannot have you be a part of the conversation, you know, you know, and, and it's real obvious. And I just straight up say, Prove it. Yeah. Prove what you're saying, you know, or or offer some advice. Offer something that, 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 that that's not hearsay, yeah. uh, or, or or basically saying what you're saying is hearsay, you know. You can't do that here. You cannot do that. Um, and uh, just know that if you come into the group and you start trouble, I, I don't even I don't even go into the argument anymore. I just that's it. Yeah. We don't have time for it. We need to move forward. We need to make this thing work. We need to make this thing happen. Yeah. And, and the group, not,
1: yeah.
2: I would say the group is never going away. I mean, even if I, the, the, it's always going to be there. Uh, all the information is always going to be there. Uh, the distributors that are on, like, we have like a top, top, uh, a list of the top worst distributors to work with. It, it doesn't say not to work with them. It just says that people have had really horrible experiences with them. That's yeah. all it says, you know? And, and it's saying, warning, if you work with them, here's some things that you should know about them, okay? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that you can't have a great experience with them. Maybe you can. Maybe you can do something different that's going to make you have a good experience with them. But there is a list of distributors there to keep an eye on to police because their shady business practices have been duly noted and proven in the group. And um, once you're on that list, you're not coming off the list unless you do something that could um, reverse your behavior or make amends to the people that you've harmed. Because that's the way it works in the real world too. Yeah. You need to be someone's friend again unless you make amends to what you, for what you've done. You know, why, why should it be any different? Yeah. You know? And, um, like I said, the group will always be there. Um, as long as we always obey the rules of Facebook and we do. And, uh, I don't, there's no name calling. We don't do that. We don't do that stuff in the group. And, uh, I don't allow people to argue on the wall. I don't allow that stuff. I yeah. take it very seriously. I do uh, and i and I appreciate everybody's input, but um I just know that uh we we have a very specific goal of trying to accomplish with the group, and if you come into the group and you start to put stuff on the wall that uh derails it it's gone, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's, it, the, the group's good. It's, not like, it, 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 it's, it's awareness, you know what I mean? It's not bashing distribution companies. It's kind of letting people be aware of what's happening, letting the distribution companies being aware that, that the filmmakers know this stuff's going on and hopefully find a middle ground because they both do kind of need each other. You'd want the distributor to want more filmmakers and the other filmmakers to stick around because if there's no films, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody needs each other at the end of the day, for real. You know. So, yeah. we want all harmony and peace on earth, peace on the that film means- earth.
2: I don't want to. I don't want to be a video distributor. I mean, I don't. Right. I have no interest in. That's why there are filmmakers and are distributors. But we're yeah. trying to get the distributors to behave. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, I, do, do I do mean, stuff. I mean, the big thing is trying to get everyone on the same page. I mean. Yeah. I mean, uh, the fact is that you have, it's like every business that you have. Um, unfortunately, I think the, the the whole mentality of people in business now is all about how much to make the money, the most money, and all that. And, of course, in doing so, people get screwed over. And, I mean, not saying that was perfect in the good old days, but at least it near while a long time ago there was a thing called business ethics which unfortunately is not <laughs> not really uh, kind of um, uh, a, a practice that businesses seem to use anymore and And the thing is it's important to bring out the fact of what these people are doing and how we can stand united because if we don't stand united then then we fall. And then this keeps on going on forever and ever. The only way to do it is to be a united front to demand to be, you know, respected and paid for work. Yeah. I don't understand why we don't have an independent filmmaker union yet.
2: I mean, like the studios have unions. I don't understand why we can't we can't get our act together and do it. I mean... I'm no businessman, but you would think there would be somebody out there that would be interested in doing that. The whole world is your oyster. You can do all of this. I mean, there are people that go to college for this stuff. I mean, this would be a great opportunity for somebody to jump in and do this. I don't, I I wouldn't even know where to begin myself. Um, You know, I'm a special effects artist by trade, but I see what's going on in the world. I've been doing this for 40 years and I'd like for it to stop. That's why I started the group. But yeah, if anybody has any ideas of where to begin, or anybody has any interest in, in doing something or at least pointing us in the right direction, it would be greatly appreciated. But um, And, you know, there, there has been a mention in the group that we should come up with some sort of, um, what did they say, a, a constitution, basically, a constitution of rights and rules for independent filmmakers, something that we can all follow, like a, a well-known constitution. Even if it was like just like five laws, you know, do this, ask for this, don't do this, receive this. Something that everybody can can abide by, you know, and everybody speaks the same language. Um, But there needs to be something. Um, And uh, and this is, I mean, this has probably been a long time coming. I don't even know if this has ever been done before, but uh, it needs to be done. Yeah, it needs to to be done. Somebody needs to do something about it. Uh, And um, I think that's probably the direction that we're headed. One of those are things, a union, and a constitution, we need to have some sort of, um, uh, I know that contract, the contracts will change as the, uh, distribution plat- platforms change. Uh, but then again, that, that would, that would be something that the union could handle. But there should be some sort of also universal contract. There should be also some sort of universal contract that we could use or some sort of staple of a universal contract because when a distributor hands you a contract, uh, in the group has already, already said up front, Never sign the contract that the distribution company hands you. Never. Does everybody every filmmaker know that? Does every filmmaker know never sign the contract that the distribution company hands you? That's that's like the first rule. That's the first rule of the Constitution. Never sign a contract, the contract, that the distribution company hands you because their sole purpose is to make money, and that does not include you making money.
1: Yeah.
2: That's, that's, that, that should be the first rule right there. Never sign it. With what, what, what do you do with it? Well, you have to have some, someone that understands contractual law look at it. And they know that you don't have any money to do that because they know you always spend $30,000 on your movie right. or 10000 They know that. They know that you don't have enough money to go back and forth like that. And most filmmakers don't even know this, but a lot of film distributors are actual contractual law attorneys. That's where they started.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Or
2: they have someone on staff that reads contractual law. That's what they do. They're not paying anybody any extra money to have them look at their contract or to have them look at the contract that you pay a lawyer to look at. They have someone on staff to do it. So they know that they're not spending any more money, but they know that you have to spend more money. And they know that your money will run out. And And they can wait. And they can wait and they wait and they wait until you give in. And they tell you things like, well, you don't have any names in your movie." So we can't make them very much money from you, or we're doing you a favor by taking your movie from you. Right. Or we're gonna we're gonna charge you five thousand dollars for the poster box art. Meanwhile, their kid who's eighteen years old has done it, right. or their or their friend or, or their their co worker's kid did it, or their co worker did it in the office. Yeah. Or they paid somebody five thousand dollars to do. All the posters for their company for that year. And they have them on staff. Yeah. see, So they make a profit from everything they charge you for. Yeah. You're just looking at the units sold or the rentals. That's not where they make their money. They make their money from everything they charge you for. They already have a built-in fee that allows them to profit from each thing they charge you for. And you don't know that. You don't know this stuff. You think they're being honest with you. They're yeah. your friend. Maybe they took you out to dinner. Maybe they showered your movie with compliments.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: These are all things to be very aware of, you know. And uh, yeah, when someone said, uh, "Yeah, if they shower you with compliments, you run," because <laughs> you know that, that's what a, that's what a snake, that's what your enemy does right before they stick the knife in your back. Hey,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. craziness. <laughs> It's. Uh, I wonder if it'll get, like, the, uh, the music business. How the music business for the longest oh, time was, like, that's enslaved to them. They give you nothing. They take everything you got. And then with, like, no, no, no. more modern times, artists are able to go up on SoundCloud and stuff like that, blow up, and then go to the labels and be like, look, I already have an audience. Like, give me what I want to be paid. You know what yeah. I mean? I wonder yeah. if film will ever get to that point. Indie film.
2: I don't know. I don't know. But – at least with the group now, distributors don't sleep very well at night. That's another thing that we've already accomplished. These distributors don't get to sleep well, knowing that everybody knows they're damn snakes. Yeah. So, and I asked someone, how do you think they sleep at night? They said, they sleep fine. They don't give a, they don't give a crap. They, they, they literally, they don't care what people say about them behind their back. They're that, that low. They're that, they're, they're so into their muck. They don't, and People say so much crap about them, anyways. It's just like, whatever. I don't care if I'm a dick, I don't care if you don't like what I do. I don't care, yeah, don't bother me. That's how that's how sneaky these people are. Yeah, it's true.
1: They sleep, they sleep coiled around a heat rocket. Now yeah,
2: know. yeah, they, 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 they sleep yeah. just fine on a giant pile of money.
1: <laughs> Your money, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. But yeah, it's just the page. I'm, it was definitely good to see the page because yeah, like every when you, whenever you talk to any low-budget indie filmmaker that's going to be honest with you, they're going to go, yeah, we don't make no money. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and it's kind of known. It's almost like one of those accepted truths that you're just not going to make anything for it. You know what I mean? It's a weird thing.
2: Well, back in the day, I, I mean I knock on wood. I mean I was I, I, then I guess I feel grateful that I was able to make money from my first features, you know, I would, I could shoot, uh, my most successful feature was terror tunes.
0: Yeah, I came try. out uh,
2: and yeah, I came out in 2002 and I made the movie for $2,300. And, um, you know, I can honestly say I got, I made, made all my money back, I think. So, you know, to, I don't know how many times over, um, but, uh, I made all my money back and, uh, and, uh, was able to, by the exact person who paid for the movie, uh, one of the very first checks I handed him, uh, I handed him a check, uh, the distributor paid me and he said, um, this is great, this will do. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you can keep the film. That's how much money we made from the first film. And that was, you know, that was back in the heyday of Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. And, but those days are over, those days are long gone. So, uh, then we came up with a formula to make movies. I could, check could shoot a whole movie for $5,000 and it would go to Hollywood Video Blockbuster. And, uh, they were paying us like 50,000 or 30,000, 45,000, something like that. My partner's over here. He made all the movies with him. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we could make a movie, like I said, for 5,000 and we knew exactly how much money we were going to make back because they would pay you a, a cash advance up front, And, um, and this, as long as you kept it under a certain amount, you would, you'd, you'd make a certain amount of money. You make two movies a year, you'd make 60 grand or yeah. 80 grand. You know, that's really good money 20 years ago, you know, for an independent filmmaker in their early thirties. And, uh, uh, I was able to do that, uh, quite a few times and then, uh, the market changed and, uh, that was when, uh, Hollywood started making these mega, mega, mega blockbuster movies. Because believe it or not, the independent filmmaker grabs a lot of money from the studios. And we, we, we still, we still, um, take a huge chunk of the market. And that's why they have to make these movies for these exorbitant amounts of money—two hundred thousand, four—I'm 400, sorry, million, 400000000 dollars for a movie. Because what they tried to do was, they said, "We're going to make a movie that's so expensive and so big that these other movies won't even look like movies anymore." Mm. And that's what they did. They tried—they did that to change the market. Well, backfired on them. Everybody now, everybody has to make a movie that looks that big, and they still have the same percentage return of profit. Supposedly, like, I don't know, like maybe 20% of all movies made in Hollywood actually return a profit. The other 80% don't make a profit. But I think that's just a lie they like to tell everybody to hide the profits they make. Yeah. Another trick, another trick, you know, another lie, another trick. Yeah. Another mislead. Look over here so you don't see what I'm doing over here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Magic trick. Yeah. Magicians. Yeah. They say magicians are evil like snakes, though. (laughs) (laughs) They got a bad rap. Um, now I, I, I kind of got introduced to Joe through special effects and this man does fucking incredible special effects. They're phenomenal, dude. I, they're, I, they blow Every time I see pictures, I'm blown away at how great they are. You know Thank what you. I mean? Thank you. What was your, uh, what influenced you to get into special effects?
2: Well, that's a. Uh... A very, uh, good question. What influenced me to get into special effects? You know, I grew up, uh, an average young man. I love dragons and dinosaurs and playing outside and all that other good stuff. And, uh, you know, one day my father sat me down in front of the TV and he said, son, watch this movie. I think you're going to like it. I'd never actually sat and watched a movie by myself. I was seven years old and my mother had gone away with her friends for the weekend. On a cruise, and uh, my father was babysitting me, and um, he sat me down uh, on a Saturday afternoon. I think it was like I want to say two two thirty in the afternoon. Uh, this was nineteen seventy seven. I was seven years old, and uh, they used to have this thing on TV called Creature Features. Uh, it was in San Antonio, Texas, and a local television station ran the Creature Features, and every Saturday afternoon they would show. You know, some sort of monster movie. And it was Godzilla versus the smog monster. And so I watched that movie by myself while my dad was outside chopping firewood, basically. Uh, and um, when the movie was over, I um, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, I made a promise to my dad. One day I was um, on the front porch uh, walking in as he was walking out. And uh, I was walking out as he was walking in. And I was getting ready to move to Los Angeles. Uh, this was, I was like 19, 18, 18, going on 19. I just got out of high school and, um, he said, son, promise me that you will never stop chasing your dream because he knew deep down that was the only thing that would ever make me happy. And I told him, okay, dad, I, I promise, I promise. And that's why I've never stopped doing it.
1: I got goosebumps when you said that. Woo! That was beautiful, man. That's yeah. fucking a beautiful story. Thank you. Shit. It's all true. All was- true. It belongs in a movie, in the biopic. <laughs> I so can see the scene in my head. Yeah. yeah. So you come to come to California, and how, what was that like just coming from California, just <laughs> landing in the city of dreams, so to speak? You yeah. know what I,
2: mean? I had the classic California experience. Here it goes. I pulled in on the 101 Ventura Highway, right? Ventura Highway, right? And you hit the song. <laughs> play. I yeah. pull in Ventura Highway, turn on the go, go north on the 405, exit Van Nuys. In Van Nuys, California, is where all the special effects studios were. Stan Winston's shop was there, and I—I I could list could go on and on, but that was the big one. I exit the exit ramp there. I was going to meet with somebody who was going to hire me. Someone said, "Hey Joe, come out to L.A. we we are we are gearing up for a show. I want you to be on my special effects team." We get there. We're pulling a little trailer. Me and a friend of mine from Texas, who also wanted to be a special effects artist. I'm driving my vehicle. He's driving his vehicle, pulling the U-Haul with our beds and all the little belongings in it. We pull over and we meet, we go over to this guy's uh, apartment who was going to hire us and we pull into the parking lot, park the vehicles, go into his apartment. He's like, Hey, you made it. Everything's great. huh? I was like, yeah. I said, so what's going on with the movie and the production? When do we start working? He
0: said,
2: oh, the money fell through. We don't have a job for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh what do we do now, Chris? <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, once again, it's like, yeah. look over here, don't see what I do over here. You, you, you never thought to tell me that the money fell through, that, that that we shouldn't get in the car and drive all the way over here. But, uh-huh. with, with I had first and last month's rent and I think like $400. That's it. And that's all I had. And, um, So I, we, we, we went, we, we immediately went, got an apartment and, uh, my first job I had, I think I got it within the first week was I was sweeping up cigarette butts at Universal Studios Hollywood. And, uh, and you know, just a classic come to Hollywood and, you know, get, get busy story. Uh, I had nine roommates my first year. That person (laughs) left, that person left after three months and then another one came and left after a month and another one came and, you know, they all tried it out. They're like, this is way too much for me, man. <laughs> you know, this is way too much for me. So, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I think I drove back. My friend moved from LA back to, to Texas the first time I drove back with him. And then I flew back by myself. And, um, you know, then I was living in my apartment by myself. And I'm like, hey, what am I going to do? But, uh, I had friends here. I didn't know it. I, I had, I had friends here. I had, uh, Brink Stevens and Fred and Ray. And uh, Saban Gray and Dave Dakota yeah. and Ken Hall. All these people were my friends. I'd met them when I went on a special effects contest back in 1985. And, uh, you know, uh, my name came up in certain circles, you know, uh, uh, and uh, they hired me to work on some independent films. And I you know, eventually did work for this guy that first had me come out to L.A. I'm not saying any names because, you know, after working 40 years in the business. It
1: all comes full time. circle.
2: Uh, How can I say? It's just like I would never conduct business with that man again. Uh, It's just like, like, like you know, it's like. uh, So I'm just going to leave all the names out of it, but but, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I did eventually end up. I, I I ended up eventually. This is what happened: was I got a job, a very good job, working for a company, and um, I eventually had to lend that guy money, to stay in Hollywood, because he was going to have to go home. The guy that originally called me out. Yeah, I lent him money and then I got him his first big job for their special effects company that they hired me on. Okay? And then come to find out for the next decade, he was undermining all the jobs I was getting by going to the person who was hiring me and saying, don't hire this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. Don't hire this guy. He's a bad person. Not even probably even more than a decade. He was doing that to me, Jeez. and then they would give him the job, and then he would hire me on the job. That, was, yeah. This person that I helped. Yeah, that's how it went down.
1: Horrifying, dude. Yeah. Horrifying.
2: Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't regret any of it. I mean, I have been, uh, you know, complicit in all my bad behavior. <laughs> you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect and there is no such thing as a perfect person. Right. And, and, and the perfect people aren't real. It's not real. It's not life. That's not real life. You know, not even in so, Hollywood. So, so, yeah. so I'm not saying that I'm, that he's bad. I'm bad. I'm just saying that's what happened. If you do you know, that stuff, that stuff really happened. And, but I was complicit in a lot of my bad behavior with him. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I signed up, I signed on the dotted line and um, I don't regret any of it. I've learned a lot and, You know, I I can actually look back and say, hey, dad, I've lived 40 years in Hollywood and I'm still doing it. I hope you're happy. My dad passed away in 97 uh, from a massive heart attack. And uh, but I know that he, you know, I know he's looking down on me right now and he's he's happy, you know, he's happy and uh, uh, I'm happy that uh, I've been able to keep that promise to him. And, uh, you know, I, I try to do my best to make the world a better place. One special effect at a time one group at a time, one comment at a time, one post (laughs) at a time. And I'm human. I do overreact. I do get into arguments. I do say inappropriate things. I'm human. And I have a right to be human, and so do you. You have a right to be human. You have a right to make mistakes. And you have a right to be inappropriate when necessary. And if anybody tells you that you don't, don't listen to them because... They're living in another alternate universe. It's not reality, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, hell yeah,
1: hell yeah,
2: yeah. So um
1: I know you, you. You got to work with the late Herschel Gordon Lewis.
2: I did. I yeah. did. I did. Yeah, that
1: goes, the, the Godfather of
2: gore. Man. <laughs> i like I'd like. I'd like to believe that. I was Herschel's best friend. <laughs> I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't spend like an exorbitant amount of time with him. Yeah. But the time I spent with him was so incredibly powerful. Like I realized that I got to do things with Herschel that not anybody else got to do. You know, there are people, other people worked with Herschel. Yes. But Herschel and I had like intimate conversations about like why he did what he did and why and how he did what he did. And I realized he, 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 he kind of entrusted me with those secrets, you know. And um, he, he would pull me aside and say, this is how we're going to do this. And this is how we're going to do like this. You know, and, um, and most people don't know this, but uh, I, well, I met Herschel on the set of Blood Feast 2. And uh, funny story, that entire job came from this guy that wanted to screw me over the first hire me. What happened was they were offered the job to do the special effects for Blood Feast 2. And they didn't offer him enough money. And he thought, I know, I'm going to give it to Joe because Joe's a screw-up, and he's going to ruin the job for them and give them a lesson. <laughs> That's what he was trying to, hoping would happen. He was hoping that I would mess the job up and mess the film up. Turned out to be the biggest moment of my career, the best friendship I've ever had, and probably one of the best jobs I ever did as far as gore. Um, I I, 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 I accepted the offer and I was very careful about the way I spent the money. They had all these different deaths in the film. And so what I did was I tried to design the deaths so I could use the same piece multiple times in different ways and it would look superior. And then what I did was I hired – Someone who I really don't talk to anymore because we just don't have a working relationship anymore for many reasons. But many people know who he is and I can say it. George Shell, the famous sculptor, creature creator. I hired George Shell to paint all these pieces. So I get, took a little, like some really good money and I handed it to like a master of painting yeah. to pay, finish them. So I made these really intricate pieces that I had, I paid someone well to paint them. And when I took them to the set and showed them to everybody, they were blown away and they photographed amazing. And, um, uh, uh, and it showed and, and, and that's, and it, and it made the movie a big success. The gore, of the film was great. And I became best friends with Herschel, you know, and I learned a lot from him. then. And most people don't know this, but I, 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 I body double for the killer in the whole film. So whenever you see the killer killing somebody, the hands killing, it's me. Yeah. I, I put on the killer's costume and I did it because the actor, uh, even though he was a very talented man, uh, didn't really understand the, um. The, the, like, like doing the, the, the kills with your hands and stuff and showing it to the camera and operating the rubber. It's not really acting. It's more of a technical kind of thing of how you show it to the camera. And Herschel and I had a very good conversation going about how to do that. And Herschel would literally stand right off camera and say, Joe, now put your finger there and turn it like this. And, and I was able to do it. And we just had a really easy working relationship. It flowed very well. We, we, we communicated, uh, very well we were thinking the same things all the time. And, um, and, uh, I was very grateful and honored to have that experience. And like I said, it's probably a very, a very big turning point in my career. Later on, he went to be in one of my films and, uh, I just had a very good um, relationship with him all the way up till, um, you know, just a few, I think I spoke to him less than a month before his death and, um, I could tell over the phone he wasn't feeling well. He didn't sound the same. And, um, just to, by chance, I just reached out to him at random, and um, I just wanted to tell him how much I appreciated him, and how, if anything ever happened to him, I wanted him to always know that I would speak with him uh, with a favorable tone, and I would always uphold his name and remind everybody of the amazing things he did for everyone. Yeah, I wanted him to know that. I just, I, I don't know, something like inspired me to reach out to him one day and say that to him. And, um, I think I sent it to him in an email, actually, and he responded back to me saying, oh, I think you were sending this message. And, um, and, um, you know, I just, I don't know what it was, but, uh, and then I think it was like 28 days later he passed away. So I, uh, it was a chance. A chance I don't know if it was, uh, you know, if it was a, a God shot or laws of the universe, but somebody, something inspired me to do that. And I'm, I'm glad I, I did. I did, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's those little things in life, you know what I mean? You often, will like, well, if I, I I had the feeling to do this, but then you don't do it, it's like, well, what if, you know yeah. what I mean?
2: Exactly. exactly. You don't
1: want that what if, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but he, yeah, Herschel seems like the sweetest guy ever, you know what I mean? Whenever you see him in an interview or whatever, we know some people that have worked with him. Um, and, yeah, I wish he came around the conventions. I wish I, we got to meet George Romero right before he passed. And he was the greatest. And I, yeah, uh, uh, one of those dudes always, which is he is. He's like, when you really think of that, like in the genre, like he created so much, you know what I mean? And I, you think he gets the, the, all the credit? I don't think he fully gets the credit that he deserves
2: for what he's done. Yeah, most people don't know, but he is, um, in, in, in Joe Bob Riggs will say it. Okay, Joe Bob yeah. Riggs has, has said this, that he is the inventor of the Slasher movie. Which is a deranged killer, not a monster, a deranged killer stalks innocent victims one by one, killing them on camera in a horrific death. And then in the climax of the movie, the killer is killed by the hands of the hero or heroine of the movie in an even more on, horrific on-screen death. That is the formula of the slasher movie, and Herschel invented that when he made the movie Blood Beast back in 1963. And uh, some people will say there was another movie in 1962, or some people will say the movie Psycho is that, but it's not. It's not what Herschel did. Herschel did something very unique. He exploited blood. He exploited death in a way that had never been done before, and he invented that formula. And uh, I always say, if you've never heard of Herschel Gordon Lewis and you're a horror fan, your uh, knowledge of horror is incomplete.
1: Well, even a Bay of Blood, the Mario Bava Bay of Blood movie, which I think a lot of I think came. That was even a couple of years after. Herschel,
2: yeah, I think, I, I that, think it was yeah. 64. I think it was 64. Um, but yeah, no, Herschel, Herschel, uh, Herschel really uh, knew what he was doing. He did it well. And um, he does not get the credit he deserved. In fact, uh, the year he died, uh, he was not acknowledged at the Oscars.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
2: Yeah. And uh, it was sad. It was sad to see that. His movies, his, and his movie has his movies have been remade and mm-hmm. duplicated and xeroxed and copied, copyright infringed upon by countless uh. other movies, and no one has given it. No, no, no he hasn't gotten the, the credit he deserved in Hollywood. Yeah.
1: It's crazy, you know. When I think of her show, his movie, his gore, the gore stands out for many different reasons. I automatically think of paint red blood. You know what yeah. I mean? I just love it. As red as my hat, like craziest <laughs> red you could ever think of. Yeah. And um, he would use like um, like like cow test cow eyes, and in yeah. body parts. Po- and like seeing those, it looks so real. When you seen like a cow eye pop out of somebody's head, you'd be like, "Holy shit!" You know what I mean? Like oh. you know, girls, yeah,
2: yeah. No, he uh, uh he had his own special. Uh, a flair of how he did what he did. I mean, he produced, directed, edited, created the music and created all the special effects and wrote all the movies that he he created. He was truly an independent filmmaker. And, um, Hmm. uh, I mean, I personally do not condone the techniques that he used back in the day. Today, (laughs) we have technology where we don't have to use animal parts, uh, in our movies anymore, <laughs> he was definitely, uh, uh, uh you know, he, he was doing something at the time that was very uh, unique, and uh, I uh, commend him for it. But today, we don't do that, we can make stuff that looks absolutely real without having to sacrifice an animal. Um, and there's just something that people don't know. I mean, I, I won't even watch a movie anymore that uses real animal parts, I just i don't believe in it, and um, you know, like. Back in the day, if you saw, like, an animal brain in a movie, mimicking a human, yeah. that animal was probably killed that morning. For it, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, Which right.
2: is kind of twisted, you know. It's sick if you think about it. Barbaric. And, uh, yeah, yeah. We don't do that anymore. We don't have to. We, we can make a silicone brain that looks amazing.
1: Yeah. And it even
2: photographs better. And uh, we don't have to do that anymore. So if you're an independent filmmaker and you're still killing bugs on camera or putting worms and fake blood and chemicals to squirm on your corpse stop you don't have to do it it's not impressing anybody everybody knows how you did it right and the animals dying for your art which is not cool it's right. it's not cool in fact we we have better ways of doing that today and um you know and if you if, I always tell you if you need a bug reach out to me on facebook i have a uh, alpha channel bugs that you can cgi over your Body parts for a shot or whatever, but uh, don't uh, kill real bugs on camera. I, I have this theory that people that did that, uh, I noticed that their movies were very unsuccessful financially. Even the movie Dune, the movie Dune, the one that David Lynch directed. Lynch, yeah. yeah. There's a scene where they use all these real animal parts all over the uh, ground in mm-hmm. uh, some scene where I guess they bore, murdered a bunch of people or whatever, and um, they were real animal. And every time I see the movie, I'm like, oh my god, like, what? Why are you doing that? I don't know. Was Starship Troopers a financial success in the movie theater?
1: No, I don't think in the theaters. I think later on video it was. Right. Yeah, yeah.
2: There's a shot in Starship Troopers where they're doing that thing, you know, join up and become a citizen, right? Well, there's a shot in the, in the movie where they put those big, those big beetle bugs on the ground, and they have these kids running over and stepping on them. Yeah, It actually killed real bugs on camera for that film, and the hmm. film was a financial flop in the theater. I have this theory that all films that, that kill real bugs or real animals on camera are actually financial financial plots. So I can don't I can. curse your film unless <laughs> you want to curse your movie. Don't you do get,
1: it. You could look at a film like Texas Chainsaw Massacre with all those animal parts in it.
2: Well, the filmmaker
1: the, the filmmakers never made a fucking dime off of that movie.
2: See, there you go. You know there I mean? you go. There you go.
1: Cannibal Holocaust. I don't, yeah,
2: I, I yeah I don't I, I wouldn't even use a real animal skull in my yeah. film. I'm going to use real animal bones. I don't do that. Or like if you're using like food and meat in your film, like you know at the dinner table, or whatever, but no one's actually eating it and it goes yeah. to waste and you throw it away. It's also part of it. All that stuff. And I have nothing nothing against people eating animals for like nutrition and that kind of thing. Yeah. But if you're killing an animal for no reason and you're, you're wasting its body, I think it. Uh, and there's some sort of, uh, I think there's something, there's that, that, some sort of karma that goes along with that.
1: We, we got a paranormal show uh, on this network as well called Mostly Ghostly and they talk about like curses, like because the body, a lot of cultures believe the body needs to be together when it's, when it's buried. Oh what's yeah,
2: kind of do your, too. Yeah, yeah. I do
1: too. What's your, fi- you take on, you, 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 do you subscribe to like the curses and the bad, the bad karma that floats like you were talking about? You must, right?
2: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, yeah, there are certain some obvious do's and don'ts about all that stuff. I don't outside believe, of
1: cruelty. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I don't believe being cre- cremated is the way to go. I really you don't. Know? I, I know. I don't. I don't think I, so.
1: I choose it because I don't. The idea of the the, the 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 real bugs all over my face when I die bothers me. So I, that's, <laughs> that's why I like the cremation thought.
2: I, I, I don't think you get to come back. I don't think you get to do anything if you burn your body up with it. I don't. I don't know.
0: It's just me. I don't know. It's could
2: hey,
1: so. Save you from necrophilia too. You don't get to deal
0: with necrophiliacs. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be careful of the corners.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah so. I didn't. I didn't know. Herschel did his own music. I know he did the effects and everything else, but I didn't know he did his music.
2: He did his own music. He shot it. He directed it. He wrote it. Did the special effects for it. Damn. Yeah, he did everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna have to uh, uh, c- to cut cut this uh, c- cut this short, guys. I. Uh, I have uh, something else that I have. I have a deadline. I got to be on a plane in a in a week and a half, and I have to get back to uh, producing something that I'm taking with me on the plane. Hey, uh, yeah. So on uh, plane? yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you taking the time to talk hey, to me. Any uh, hey, anytime, man. Yo, yeah, anytime.
1: We we love you. You're always welcome back. You're super talented. We appreciate you fighting the good fight, man. Not a lot of people want to do that. You know what I mean. Uh, Thank you. And it's a good deal. And he's not trying to say, you know, distribut- distributors are are like, you know, we, we joke around. But they could be better. Everybody could be better. And we all need to work together and uh, really make film a future that it should be with everybody in it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's going to take, a, it's gonna take a everybody working together to make the change happen. I am mm-hmm. a one voice. And, uh, you know, I, I've accomplished a little bit. Uh, and I've done my part, but I need everybody else to do their part as well. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, Alexander and uh, Matthew, you have a beautiful rest of your day. Please don't hesitate to reach out and say hello should you need anything. Absolutely. Everybody else out there, you know, come say hello to me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Joe underscore Castro underscore director on Insta and uh, Facebook.com backslash Joe. Dot Castro on facebook send me a friend request but more importantly send me a message and say hello so i know you're a real person all right be good everybody
1: uh, you too joe thank you
2: take care bye-bye be safe
1: safe travels bye-bye bye so that was joe castro ladies and gentlemen uh Fantastic. And snakes and, and snake distributors out there listening. Um, fantastic. Great dude. Joe's a great dude. Uh, we've been with Facebook pals for a couple of years now, I think. Super talented dude. Um, you know, fighting the good fight for that distri- the distributor fight. You know what I mean? Which is... It's one of those things because you know me and the Hawkman as filmmakers, we know the, the the plight, you know what I mean, um and it's a weird deal you know you make these movies, you get out there, there's so many movies being made and that, that that I think that that gave distributors the upper hand because there's so many people trying to get their films done, and much like everything you have higher quality lower quality, middle quality, so it all depends on where you want to go, and like our like we've talked about before, like our kind of claim or our kind of routine for distribution, you know, is we just we can, we, we, we 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 go to the place we want to be and if we can't get where we want to be, we don't lower lower like our, our our I wouldn't say standards if you will because everybody does whatever they want to do, but do we just distribute ourselves because our take on maybe some of the smaller distribution companies that we could go with that we do get things distributed, you know, through like with, with our connection to the UK with, the, with some documentaries and our anthology films that we're a part of and stuff that they're all, you know, cause people do like that. Like we were saying before, you know, people like to be able to say, it's just, even the, 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 they, they, you know, the regular folk don't know that you're not making that much money off of it, but they, they like to know that they can go get it at Walmart or whatever, uh, and all those good things. But, yeah. yeah. You know, if you, you, as an indie filmmaker, you could put the film out, you know, give it to somebody that's a smaller company. A lot of the times they don't really promote it. They just kind of want to have more films for their roster. Um, you end up as the filmmaker doing all the promotion. And I do think that even if you get got a bigger, a lot of filmmakers they'll get the di- distribution and then they, they'll they rely on the company to sh- to promote it where I think the filmmaker needs to get out there and, Promote heavily, still on social media, still, you know, make the rounds at events and conventions and such and, you know, push it. You know, that's the way to do it. Um, uh, Joe is, I commend Joe heavily. What the position he's taking is not an easy position to take. He's going to make, he's making enemies, unfortunately. He's making enemies with people that I I don't want to say you don't want to make enemies with, but it's like. At the end of the day, nobody is hating each other. They're hating the situation. All right? The end game is they want, we all want to live in a world where the filmmaker can make the money to be able to eat and make another film. And the distributor wants to be able to make the money to continue distributing films. And there's definitely a middle ground that everybody can get on. And we said some jokes and snakes and all that stuff. And there's no hate. You know, there's hate for people that have really fucked over filmmakers and robbed from them and made them quit. And, and I'm sure there's situations where filmmakers have fucking killed themselves off because they're not getting anywhere. You know what I mean? With it. And I, I'm, not, I'm positive on that. Uh, you're talking to two of them that came back in the ghostly form. Um, but yeah, so that 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 was that was fun. Huckman, what's you take? Th- what's your take on this? What's your take on this distribution?
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, I think, uh, as I said uh, before, that um, it's important to, it's, it's like the uh, old saying, you know, uh, forewarned is forearmed, you know, I mean, yeah. if you know what, I mean, the thing is that unfortunately, when you get dealing with people who have a business sense, they they're all thinking about how can I make money for myself. Not for how can I make money for you for how I can make money for myself. And I mean I I I'm like fine that's that's great but when you are taking something that someone has you know put their heart and soul in when you're doing art, whether you know you're selling at a gallery with your distributor whatever, I mean, the thing is that everyone has to work together. I mean, if you don't have any filmmakers, you don't have a product to sell. Right. And if you constantly just, you know, take, 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 sooner or later, people are going to get wise to you and not give you any product. Right. Now, the thing is that that if, I mean, if there's any distributors that you know are listening, I uh, I understand you want to make make your money. Everyone wants to make the money, right. but if you at least give gives gives something to the filmmaker, a a you know depending on how much it could be ten thousand, twenty thousand, even five thousand, you give give something to the filmmaker because. The filmmaker is the one that's that's helping you make money. Okay? And they'll come back.
1: If you yeah. give a filmmaker money, you, dude, they will come back to you with every film they fucking make. You know what yeah. I mean? If they know that and, they're going to get paid, they, that's they're going to get paid.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing is that if it's as I always try to say when I do my regular job and do any job, is that if if people are nice and treat people with respect and pay them for their work, you will have people that will work for you forever, that will give you movies, you know, content and all that forever. I mean, if if you show respect and really, you know, promote their work, you know, you will always have a constant supply of product to sell. Yeah. And the easiest way is to show some respect and pay them for their work. I mean right. you, it it needs to it yeah. needs to
1: be more of a team effort I think. Yeah. You know the when Joe was talking about how the, the, the distributors are like producers, you know what I mean? And I don't fault the distributor for if if you can get all the artwork done for in a lump sum type deal, you know what I mean? Like that's a produ- that's like working like a producer. It's like when you're a producer without risking people's uh, well-being, Sanity, you know what I mean, and, and you know without being, you know without being crazy about things where people can get hurt or whatever. Like, try and cut corners, and, and you don't want people to get hurt. You don't want to lose quality in the picture. But if you can cut a corner and figure out a way to do something that doesn't hurt anybody or hurt the production, and you can save money, by all means, do it. That's part of being a good producer. And I within the distribution company, I think they're looking at it that way too. But the problem is they're out there keeping the filmmaker on the outside, like the filmmaker is the enemy in a way, like the filmmaker is not on their side where it's like, well, I can cut these corners and save money, but I'm not going to tell the filmmaker because then he'll know that I saved that money here. You know what I mean? Whereas, mm-hmm. and if they were all on the same, you know, I wouldn't want to say that I wouldn't want to say there was a bad guy in any situation, but like, if you're, let's just say if you're, if you're selling to somebody, if you're giving somebody the gimmick, give it to the audience you're selling them a movie you don't have to give the gimmick to the filmmaker you know what i mean and and, and i think if there was more even playing ground and there was more of a a dialogue between the two and that's what i i really you know pat joe on the back for because what he's doing is the beginning you know creating discussion dialogue is the beginning of the movement that's how everything begins so like To answer his question, I think, where you said, where's the beginning? I think that he's already started it. And like I've told Hawk before, you know, when you go through different eras in life and changes, you don't realize them while you're going through them. You realize them 10 years later or whatever. When you look back and go, wow, that fucking that decision, that project, that discussion that started something that was really incredible. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the deal with that, I feel. Um, did you want to say anything else in closing on any of this?
0: No, not really. I think everything's been uh, said just, uh, simply that I, if, if people worked together, I know it's hard, especially in this kind of industry where everyone's mentality is, oh, you know, I have to, you know, you know, step on this person and get to where I want to be. If yeah. people work together on both sides, I'm talking distributors um, and, and, and filmmakers, that you can build something into something great. Yeah. I mean, this constant trying to screw other people over to get ahead, okay? You might be like, oh, yeah, you know, I was able to do this because, you know, I screwed this person over. That only is going to get you so far Sooner or later People like Joe's People like us Are going to catch wind And we're going to tell our friends We'll tell the people we worked with See the thing is As I think we've said on this um, uh, This show Plenty of times before No matter What film community you're in Whether we're talking about independence Or whether we're talking about Hollywood and 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 that's all over the world It's a tiny community it's extremely small. Okay, we we talk to people all around, and the thing is, the word gets out there. If you constantly screw people over or do illegal uh, practices with your distribution, people are going to know. And and I think Joe uh, did a great thing creating this group as a way for us to reach out to a bunch of people, and try to warn people about these practices. Not saying not to work with them, but when you go in, I mean, it's easier to know what kind of snake you're dealing with. Be prepared, yeah. Yeah, so you know which anti-venom to use.
1: You're going into a fight, you're going into a cage with a fighter, you want to know what that fighter looks like before you're in the cage. You want to know if they got a weapon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the play even playing field equal thing, you know, there's great distributors out there. There's bad ones, much like everything in life. There's good and bad. Um, you just got to kind of find, find the right ones. And the beauty of life is that the ones that are bad, they can always change their tune and be good ones. You know what I mean? Like Joe said, you know, reimburse, you know, pay it forward with some of these filmmakers that you kind of took advantage of, um, you know what I mean? Uh, we could really only speak from a filmmaker's point of view on this. We've distributed a few things, but nothing too crazy. Um, you know what I mean? So, like, but from the filmmaker's standpoint, we, you know, that, that, you know, so if we're coming off, if we're coming off like we're hating on distributors, certain ones are catching the hate for sure. But for the most part, uh, and I think everybody would agree that it's just kind of, you know, everybody did agree through it. We just want uh, people just want fair things. Some people would argue that the world is not fair, but uh, who's
0: yeah, the world, world's not fair. But we decide that's not fair. That's right. If you want it to be fair, get together and make it fair. The thing is that I think we as a society has just given up and says, "Well, life's not fair," and just go on without, you know. And the thing is, honestly, I mean, the world is what we make it. You want it fair. You want people to get a a decent shake. Make it happen. Go to Dairy Queen. If you don't shake in town. Yeah. If you don't, then that's how it is. I'm with you. But that was a great episode.
1: Yeah. That was good time to have Joe back on. Uh, Like you said, check him out at all his places. Great dude. The special effects are fucking ridiculously good, Um, superb, and uh, this was a good episode, we got a little mixture mixture of everything, you know, some awareness and some uh, cool stories of the come up of a cool dude, you know what I mean? So with that being said, you know, I think that we had a pretty good intro at the beginning, we don't need to do it again, Mm -hmm. so uh, with that being said, folks, I guess we'll catch all y'all. On the next episode of the Boom Bastic Cast. <sighs>